We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. That is the professionals on a Sunday. A very happy uh, professionals, it has to be said, with me, Mitch and Stu. Good evening, lads. Evening, Steve Fantastic result yesterday at Newcastle through to the fourth round of the FA Cup with a comprehensive 3-0 uh, win at Sunderland. And uh, we're going to have a, a, an impromptu tweet of the week uh, tonight as well. Uh, we're doing an hour and a half, 90 minutes tonight. Um, we've got quite a few tweets, which... I'd rather get out of the way this week because by the time we come to next Friday, Sunderland are that insignificant really in our lives that we don't really want to be dragging it on to Friday. We'll look at it today and then we'll move on because we've got bigger games ahead. Of course, Manchester City coming at the weekend. As always, uh, we encourage you to send questions in. If you've got any questions for uh, me and the lads, uh, we will endeavour to give you our own take on it. And if we can answer them uh, properly, we will. Um, but uh, let's cover the game first. And... Uh, when we were talking about uh, this last night on WhatsApp, Stu says, Steve, if you don't take up at least 15 minutes of this show, talking about being at the match, he said, I'd be very disappointed. So um, I'll start, lads. I'll start. Um, what a great day. Um, first of all, bubble football matches. Um, not something that really I was looking forward to, I've got to be honest. Um, I know some people who could have gone to the game, who decided not to because they refused to be told how to travel to a game, um, decided just to watch it at home and gave up the, the opportunity to go to the game. Um, I wasn't one of them. Uh, me and my mates all applied for tickets and we've all got enough loyalty points, of course, uh, after uh, lots of years on the road uh, to, to get one, especially with it being 6,000. It was never going to be in doubt. Uh, as everybody knows, we got the, uh, the, the bus ticket through the post and... Um, it was, you know, it was, 
you know, quite simple. We we got to St James's Park with an allocated time, eight fifteen, eight thirty, sorry, to nine fifteen was was our allocated time, which we presumed would be the first set of buses. Uh, our presumption was right. Uh, we got up to uh, the the ground. Obviously, the club had emailed us. We got up to the ground, got to um, the uh, concourse underneath the Melbourne stand, and we stood underneath there in a formed an orderly queue. Uh, the queue wasn't as long as I was expecting it to be. To be honest, we were directly outside the players' entrance, and um, they had a DJ on spinning the uh, discs at the top of the stairs where the players would normally go in on a match day. And uh, as everyone will have now seen on social media, uh, they had a table on the left-hand side uh, set out and the staff were working in in shifts, basically just to hand out a free cereal bar, free bottle of water and uh, a free scarf, which uh, more about that later. But yeah, that was a lovely gesture. They didn't have to do that. 6,000 scarves knocked up. You know, 6,000 cereal bars and water. I think most of us would have preferred, preferred an alcoholic drink before we went down to the stadium. I like, but beggars can't be choosers. And um, we basically, and you know, enjoyed, you know, getting something for nothing off the club, which was a nice gesture. Probably stood there about 15 minutes um, before the queue started to move. Um, as always, I'm sure everyone has one of these kind of mates. Uh, well, I had one person who had uh, got there late. Um, so we... <laughs> We had the usual faff on of trying to find somewhere to leave the ticket um, for, for him to come and pick up. He did get there, by the way, and he did get to the match. Uh, but we then got uh, escorted by the uh, stewards down onto the um, down the concourse, down the steps, and, and and onto the buses. We were in the second bus um, to leave St James's Park, and um, for me, you know, there was a, a vast array of buses. You know, but it was double deckers. There was there was more executive type buses for those people who had obviously gone for the Black Cats Lounge package. But um, we were on the bus. We got taken down in a convoy down to Scotswood Road. And ultimately, going down to Scotswood Road, sitting there was was probably the worst part of the day in, in a lot of respects. Because once you're moving, you're thinking, that's it. We're on my way at the ground. But they, they took us down to Scotswood Road and we were literally all parked up. Now, with us being in the first two buses, we had to wait for the rest of the convoy to join us. It was as simple as that. We were there for about half an hour. Now, bearing in mind, some people decided to have some cans before they got on the bus. Some people managed to have a drink at home. Uh, you know, people, no toilets on these buses. People were getting a bit, oh, God, you know, how long are we going to be here? We were there about half an hour, and then we all set off in convoy. We got down to Sunderland, you know, it, it, you know, probably it took us about 10 or 15 minutes longer than it would, would have in a car. Um, but as we got to Sunderland, uh, again, you know, I put a bit of footage up as a short on, on, on the channel. Um, you know, there was there was quite a few Sunderland fans who were there early, um, you know, three hours before the game. What on earth are you doing at the ground three hours before the game? Oh, you're there to stick your fingers up with the uh, Newcastle fans coming in. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. You know, and some of them, fair enough, they were queuing to get in Quinn's Bar, uh, which is, you know, as, as we were going in towards the car park. Uh, but most of them were just standing there. And I mean, one of the comments that, that I've heard on another podcast was, hey, yeah, you look like the FA Cup. Wow. I mean, you've stood there three hours early to shout abuse. At least give us a bit more stick than you look like the FA Cup. Uh, anyway, um, we got in, um, you know, dead easy to get in, you know. And, and the good thing about this is when it when it's new when it's Newcastle Sunderland Derby, Sunderland Newcastle Derby, um, there's always a mixture of, of our stewards and their stewards. So our stewards are there, um, and, and you know, there's a few familiar faces who are new. So, you know, it was it was good crack, having a bit of banter with the lads. And then obviously we went straight in the turnstile. Now with us being first in, the bar was was quiet. Um 
the fair play to Sunderland, they didn't try to rip us off. The price of the beer, food, and everything was was quite cheap, and um, and in 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 football away grounds terms, very cheap. Um, is that because they're in the championship? I don't know, but it was it was it was cheap. Um, I chose not to drink. Um, I don't tend to drink when I go to a football game. Anyway, I like to watch the match and then I'll have a drink afterwards. Um, but the lads were all you know, the lads were buying four pints at the time, and you know they had they had a great day, but. As as the other buses arrived, um, you know, it was getting more and more busy. Oh, just to go there, Liverpool have scored, Diaz has scored one nil ten minutes ago against Arsenal. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was getting busier and it was getting uncomfortably busy. Um, and I mean I, I did post a, another video this morning, it's the last one I posted, um, and you can see how tightly packed in we are now. Uh, it it was levelling on dangerous, and there was a few people getting aerated. There was a few, you know, Newcastle fans arguing and fighting with Newcastle fans about, you know, where, you know, pushing past and you know people dropping pints. So I just opted to go into the stand. I went into the stand with like forty five minutes before the game because you could you could see, you know, people getting 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 annoyed. Um, getting into the ground, no problem. You know, we had the the upper tier and the lower tier, as you've seen, and um, you know, we had a good view behind the goal, and uh, the atmosphere was was you know pre match was it was pretty good. I mean, what what I always laugh about going to away games, lads, is that some people choose to buy a ticket for a game and spend the entire game focused on people in the other in the other like amongst the other supporters. I've never understood that. I sit. I'm, I'm I'm there to watch the game and cheer the lads on. And there's a couple of people near me. Spent the entire game shouting and bawling at a Mackham, and he's shouting and bawling back. I don't think they might, probably saw about ten minutes of the game. Missed some of the goals, um, and 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 literally just you know did didn't see didn't see the the game at all. But it was um, you know as as we know, I'm not going to drag on too much about the game. You know the the, the lads came out and uh, they warmed up. They got their stick, as you would imagine, they get. Um, and then uh, you know the, probably the the biggest brightest part of the day was them coming out. You know the you know the the whole the whole charade of them having some kind of you know fire display at the side of the pitch, etc. Was laughable. The uh, the flag display, wow. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have bothered. It was like all those carrier bags that were blown around the pitch eight years ago when we last played them. It looked as if they collected them all together and decided to hold them up because it was an absolute waste of time. Um, and we couldn't, you couldn't make out what it said. It looked all wonky and it was just a mess. Like it really was, and and you know, laughable to say the least. But um, the game itself, um, I have never, and bear in mind. My first derby was 85 and I've been very lucky in the sense that, you know, pre lightly points, I always got a ticket for the, for, for Oka Park. And then obviously the lightly points came in. I always got a ticket for the stadium. I like, I haven't missed one um, down there. So I'm, I'm probably a good person to go to as far as, you know, is that the most one-sided derby you've seen at, 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 the, at the enemy's ground? And I would say, yes, it is. Um, Newcastle dominated that game. Um, I've seen it. I've seen people trying to switch it and say, "Well, well, if it hadn't been for the fact that Ballard scored an own goal and gave away a penalty, it would have been closer." Um, you know, if Pritchard chance had gone in, or if you know Debravka hadn't pulled off that save, well, if if Sanans are pots and pans, you know that you know that's rubbish. Newcastle dominated that game from start to finish, and you know, for me, it was the most comprehensive beaten. Of our neighbours on their own turf for many many years, and um, delighted to be there. I thought the atmosphere, um, well, it was exactly as I predicted. 
if we could get a goal in the first half, they would go as flat as a pancake. And they did exactly that. And they do exactly what we do. They, they, they were noisy for the first 10 or 15 minutes. And then they sat on their hands for the rest of the game. Um, there was nothing to get excited about for them, to be fair. Probably the only time they got excited in the second half was when Luke O'Nine, you know, made that pathetic challenge on Lewis Miley. Um, but I was just very impressed. It, Newcastle needed that yesterday, though. Newcastle needed that result. They needed this, the, they needed to, to win. They needed to score goals. They needed to find that confidence. They needed the clean sheet. Um, and they needed to get round uh, through to the next round of the cup. Now, what they need is, is a home draw in the fourth round, hopefully. Please God against lower league opposition because you know we've had a fair share of hard draws this year. Uh, it would be nice to get Maidstone at home um, or get Wrexham at home for Rob Lee. I think that would be a great tie. Uh, but let's get let's get a let's get an easy tie. Let give give Eddie Howe and the boys a chance. Um, let's not get Liverpool uh, at home or Manchester City, please, because it's you know we, we deserve a decent draw uh, in the next round. Um, negative. Well, there was only one, and that was coming back. We couldn't complain. I would much rather get there first, but we ended up being let out last. Um, the top tier went first. The bottom tier was opened, uh, was let out last, um, which meant ultimately that we were on the last bus um, or the last buses going out to the ground. And there was no communication from Sunderland Football Club on the Tannoys. There was no communication from the police. So we basically, you know, we basically were in the, the in in the ground for over an hour after the game. Positives of that, uh, Sunderland's um, card machines crashed. Uh, the internet went down, so they had to give all the beer away for free. Um, they didn't think about shutting the, uh, shutting the shutting the bar down. They just started giving beer away for free. So they ran out of beer, um, and then they, they moved on to Forest... Um, uh, was it Dark Red Forest Fruits or whatever it is? Uh, so, they, so they moved on to that and uh, basically gave all that away. And they started giving bottles of wine, like the little mini bottles of wine away, um, soft drinks... So basically, I'm sure when Kirill does his um, when he does his um, take of the match, he probably think, well, we've done well behind the ball, but why have we lost all this stock after the game? Well, it's because the staff gave it all away. Um, but obviously, we came out of the ground and we we didn't get back to Newcastle till twenty past five. Um, so you know, it was it was a it was a long it was a long old day, uh, but one which brought us passage into the next round. Uh, lots of smiling faces. I'm sure Newcastle City Centre did very well last night. It was chock a block when we hit when we got back to town. Uh, still a lot of people out, of course, who've been celebrating and watching the match at different venues in and around the city centre. But uh, but yeah, all in all, uh, a good day I had by all, and uh, proud to say, Stu, that I've done 14 minutes and 44 well seconds. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. <laughs> so, Mitch, you sent me a video which I loaded onto YouTube of uh, Dubai Mags, and um, looked like you had a wonderful, wonderful turnout. Yeah, about two hundred and two was the final count. Wow! Now, bear in mind, we were missing probably around about ten for different reasons of, of people I would say who are regulars. You know, it, it could have been even more. Um, just ridiculous turnout. Uh, we had to take it to a different venue because my usual pub couldn't accommodate what we wanted on that day. I don't think they could have taken 200 either, to be honest. Um, so we ended up in the Grandeur Hotel, which is actually where Rangers usually go. So they're used to hosting football fans at least, and uh, they were proud. They gave away effectively the two main rooms of that bar. And they also give away a side room connected to the bar so the families could have a separate area where the kids and 
everybody could be where there was no smoking and what have you. So it was really well thought out, really well done. Uh, the packages were phenomenal. I certainly took took fine advantage of the uh, all-inclusive all brunch packages that I put together for it. Um, didn't do too much on the food side, like, but never mind. Um, and the atmosphere was just bouncing. It was really very good all day. Um, obviously helped by the performance and helped by the win, but I think the, the Dubai Mags had done Newcastle United proud in the UAE, that's for sure, uh, yesterday. And uh, what a great atmosphere, great to see. Many of the lads and lasses who were regulars with great big smiles on their face, and it was good to catch up with some people who I've not seen for a little while. Yeah, and your take on the on the game, Mitch? I mean, it's um, it's a derby. Yeah, we know the form goes out the window, uh, but uh, Isaac now the uh, the new Macam Slayer, two goals yesterday. One have been a penalty, of course. Uh, the other one an own goal, but uh, you know, Joe Linton doing the hard work to to create that. But uh, what was your take on the game itself? Well, I, 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 it, it's a long time since I've seen as one sided a derby game. Um, I think we, we talked about in the build up about things we had to do to. Match and beat their intensity, keep them quiet in the first ten minutes, and then just do what we normally can. And uh, everything a lot of the Macam said pre-match, uh, like we discussed last week, was there to soothe themselves. Because I suspect deep down, a lot of them knew what was coming. You know, oh, it's a free hit and this, that, and this. It's never a free hit in a local derby. Um, I'd love to know where this trihume was who was gonna gonna uh, you know rip Gordon a new one because I'm afraid their right hand side was the weakest side all game for me. Um and it's interesting listening to, or reading some of the comments post match, listening who their best player was, and apparently a lot of them think their best player was Ballard. That would be the lad that scored the own goal, gave away a penalty, should have given away a penalty, second penalty, and was here well on the line for the th for the second goal, you know, it's um, if that's the definition of a that one of their better performances, that's not a very high bar that they're setting themselves. Um, it, I didn't see a level of bite or intensity from them that I expected to see or that we were told to look out for. You know, they're loading this challenge by uh, O'Neill on Miley, which was a hard but fair challenge, very good. But that's on a 17-year-old who stood up, dusted himself off, and then just got on with it. And then within minutes, Isaac was making him look like an idiot before setting up uh, in a way for the, the ball that Gordon got the penalty from. You know, it's um, the, the levels of what they think has been a good performance. They're deluding themselves if, the, if, if anything other than the majority of that second half felt, looked and felt like a training game for us. Um, with, with that dominant in it, um, I think I would have liked to see him maybe be a little more ruthless. I think if some of the challenges in the first half had felt, felt to Isaac rather than Longstaff, for example, I think that would have been a very different different end result as well. Um, but I, I genuinely don't think we'll ever look like we'll be hurt anyway. Their only shot on target was a deflection, a massive deflection that Dubravka did very well with, by the way, saving with his feet. Um, and during that patch, I thought, right, this is where they might come and have a go over here. And that lasted maybe five minutes, max. And then petered out the game and was back to 
they were all hands to the pumps paying backwards and the second one come from um the high press that you know we <laughs> their manager must be kicking himself because they know what we do the the the, the no the style of play we've got. So why was that a left full back fannying on with the box fannying on with the ball in the box, you know? Um <laughs> I think uh, you know, fair play, we, we really took the game to them and just dominated the afternoon. We're never looked in doubt, I don't think. I think from you know, from the kickoff, we're never looked in doubt. And I think that's the um, you know, the measure of it and obviously the mood out here in Dubai was just fantastic. Okay, what about you? Uh, what was what was the atmosphere like for you, Stu? I watched it at home. I had to get into work early so I could get finished early. Uh, straight on the Jaeger bombs, got the vodka and brew down us. But to anyone who wanted to listen and I'd spoken to either verbally or through Twitter or WhatsApp, I was so confident that would win and Mitchell vouched for that last week when was it when I was in Dubai with him I kept saying we will walk past these and thankfully it panned out that way but with it being a derby you you, you get yourself more worked up so I'm sitting in front of the just moved house and she knew that everything had to stop before the football started and I was that Worked up every single time a Sunderland player did a bad challenge. Now, bearing in mind, to me, the post and the referee, I thought he had a very poor game yesterday. And he was a bit reluctant to give the Neanderthals some cards, wasn't he? So that set the tone initially. And we, we had to win the battle to win the war. And I thought we did that very well. And I kept getting wrong for using the C word. So I said I wouldn't use it at all for the rest of the day. So now she's went in one of the bedrooms. I can see a few C words because Newcastle were confident, they were composed, they were controlled, they were, it was comprehensive, it was comfortable, it was class. And if Spenny's watching, it was quality. There you go. So <laughs> there's all the C words out. Um, I, I even put a, a tweet out last night saying I think Dubravka had frostbite because he'd never seen the ball, did he? Yeah. He, he was taught, he had no to do. And it was great for him, for his own confidence, to get a to get a clean sheet. And something that you mentioned in your bit there, Steve, it was a, a big win for the owners, you know, giving things like the scarves and that way. They didn't have to do it. They'd already forked out for the buses. And touches like that show that they they can play the game and, and they, they can show that they're, they're with the fans because they've had a lot of bad pub, uh, publicity of late regarding issues that we won't mention uh well see a ticket to start with but the that that to me yesterday it, it it's very simple and it's it costs i would imagine what do you reckon a five and a scarf so a 30 grand drop in the ocean for them but it, it meant so much and and for us to go there and they weren't even they weren't at the races. I was actually disappointed in Sunderland because I expected a bit more of them. You know, you hear how the in the playoffs and, and they're a good team and this Jack Clark was gonna do this to Kieran Trippier and everything else. He never got past it once. You know, so our our main men stood up, our experienced players like Trippier, like Bruno, the Shaw, Botman, Isaac, right down the spine, we were fantastic. Uh, and I thought that was Miggy's best game for a while, but 
perhaps he's found his level playing against Sunderland. I think I could look good playing against that team yesterday. Uh, but the, every single one of us was focused. They didn't get drawn into silly little niggles and battles that uh, and get dragged down to their level because that's what that was their only chance of winning the game. We were very, very professional and, and just were head and shoulders throughout the whole game. It was really, really comfortable. But we should have had at least one penalty. And it, it just shows now how sometimes the referees are reliant on VAR. Because when Isaac was cleaning through, he was pulled back. And then you had the thing with um, Gordon getting his shirt yanked, nearly yanked off his back. You know, So there, there's definitely one clear-cut penalty that I, I can't believe that he didn't give. But at the end of the day, as soon as we got the first goal, that was it. Because they had to come out. They were trying to hit us on the break. But if you're in a cup game and you're 1-0 up, just keep it like that. Because the the opposition have to score to get a replay. And, and the, as soon as they started to come out, the, we just picked them off at, at ease. We actually, I, I thought we could have went more. We stayed in second gear. And, and we just eased our way through the game. And I think these, this extra couple of days they've had, because they've been playing every three, four days, haven't they? So there was like a five-day gap. I think the extra day's rest, the extra day's training has, has done them the world of good. So very, very, very happy indeed. And hopefully it'll kickstart, or oh, sorry, reboot was the phrase, wasn't it? It'll kickstart the season again. Uh, and we'll go in with renewed confidence. We'll play in the Champions next week, but it's better than, you know, I mean, imagine getting a draw or, God forbid, we got uh, beat yesterday. We're going there now with, yeah, we are a good team and the belief factor is getting back. Certainly is. Final score uh, at Arsenal. Arsenal nil, Liverpool two. Uh, a brace for Diaz. Uh, played well in in spades today, uh, Liverpool, but uh, got the job done. That's all that matters. And uh, Arteta does not look a happy man. Uh, another trophy uh, goes a begging for Arsenal. Um, that's a big gun out, though. We knew one of them would go. So, uh, got to be happy with that. Uh, just hope we avoid them in the next round uh lots of questions coming in we will get to them uh, it was a couple of good songs yesterday one about seagulls uh people started uh, ran randomly singing seagulls 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 and then uh, started singing a song about what what could possibly uh, happen to them as well uh, i'll not go any further um but uh, i think we all know what the song was uh yes adam pearson was sitting behind us uh yesterday or standing behind us uh yeah we did make it onto his um podcast i saw that meme we mates were all around him um and uh, yeah it was good i'm just glad i'm glad you enjoyed the shorts a lot of people saying you posted a few shorts yesterday and you enjoyed them cheers rob thank you very much uh yeah there were some good ones and uh thanks to mitch for sending uh, his over as well um as I said earlier, uh, we have had a lot of tweets. I don't want to prolong this uh, all week. Uh, fans Forum, of course, will be discussing the derby. Uh, but uh, we have got a special. Yeah, quite a lot of these coming in over the course of the last few uh, the last few hours. So uh, I will uh, stick them up. And a few photographs that people wanted to share as well. Uh, as always, Paddy Power getting in on the act. Uh, they, they, they had us howling yesterday on the bus back home. Fair play to Sunderland for continuing to make Newcastle feel welcome by having their team kick the ball into their own net. Uh, there was uh, this one. If you want me to share, you can have it after the game, says Anthony Gordon to try Hume. Based on what Sunderland have done this week, they'll probably frame it and hang it up in the bed uh, boardroom. And uh, this one, uh, you just know that the Newcastle team photo on the Stadium of Light pitch is getting pride of place on Carol Lewis, Lewis Dreyfus's mantelpiece. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's a few others on there, which I'm sure you'll have seen. But if you haven't, 
jump on uh, well worth a look on Paddy Power's Twitter. Uh, the Stadium of Light work, it's had a bit of a paint job outside, uh, certainly was uh, yesterday. And um, people trying to say what the uh, the flag display reminded them on. I've seen a lot of people saying the Sunderland play in red and silver now. Uh, well, red and silver is the wrapper of a Tunnock's tea cake, of course, uh, which uh, looked very similar to their uh, display yesterday. So, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, big yeah, go on. 17 grand. £17,000, apparently, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if anyone's got the invoices. It'll be an I reckon, I reckon there's somebody off to Turkey having their hair and their teeth done. Right, yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> I hope they get a better uh, dentist than, um, uh, than a designer that they got to do all of that yesterday because that was an absolute farce. Uh, that, uh, yes, big shout-out. Was bloody awful as well. It was just yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, None of it made sense. No, it was awful. It was a disaster. A disaster from start to finish, that. And, um, yeah, they'll be glad to see the back of that game, uh, Sunderland. Here's Rob, uh, who does the music review. Uh, he was fully decked out yesterday. Rob, of course, um, big Newcastle fan and Gateshead fan uh, as well. And uh, he was uh, out and about for the match. I did ask him who his mate was, but he didn't get back to us in time. So he might be able to tell us in the chat who that was. But uh, I'm sure you were the only one smiling at the end of the day, Rob. So thanks for that. Uh, Mr. Beal uh, got a bit of stick yesterday on Twitter afterwards. Thanks to South uh, Gateshead for that one. Um, the reason that he's put Pac-Man on his face is, of course, uh, it's the mole that Mr. Beal has on his face and somebody kindly give him a, a makeover after the game as well with 3-0 uh, on there as well. So thanks for that. I've got to send that a few times. Uh, now, uh, this one came in as well. Um, it said, even this uh, building uh, materials handling company is taking the mick out of Sunderland today, <laughs> uh, which, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate signage for him. And I got one of my friend, Wayne Lear as well. Uh, his son, Blaine, uh, was in uh, a bar in Tokyo yesterday. So he asked us to show this. Um, he said he was with a Jordy who runs the brew dog in Tokyo. And the badge of and the badge of the day yesterday, lads, was this. Um, I have never seen a Mackham in Tokyo. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So uh, no Mackhams in Milan now. We can add Tokyo to that list. Uh, in Shiraz, of course, those fans who weren't lucky enough to have a ticket uh, did get a chance of a Derby Day restaurant menu, which included hot dog in a burger bun and cheesy chips with gravy. That was called the Sunderland meal deal, lads. Very clever. I wonder if there's anybody actually ordered that. And uh, Wayne Bennett uh, pointed out that uh, Wikipedia had had a workover. Uh, Daniel George Ballard, born 22nd of September 1999, is a professional footballer who plays for Sunderland as a defender. Born in England, he represents Northern Ireland in the national level. Even though he plays for Sunderland, he's a diehard Newcastle fan and loves to score own goals and give away penalties because he just loves the tune. Uh, that was, that was Quite quickly after the game yesterday. Uh, war flags and last year's Christmas paper. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> and this one uh, from uh, Deddy al Romain. He says, when our bus arrived at the stadium uh, yesterday, our bus driver announced, welcome to Sunderland. The local time is 1970 and please do not feed the animals. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> And the last one, uh, special case, is I once bought a job lot of red and silver tinfoil for £50, but managed to knock it out again for 17000 <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, I'm sure we will have the odd one that creeps in uh, from time to time this week. Uh, Bruno as well, um, our uh, wonderful mercurial midfield player, uh, posted this last night. I knew it a long time ago, he said. Um, and that was because he clearly played a game on his computer against Sunderland and beat them 3-0. 
Uh, excellent. Uh, even Bruno getting in on the act. And uh, Daryl Mitchell, I uh, love this as well. He says, Murphy approves of his new scarf. Thank you, Newcastle United. Uh, so one very happy pooch there yesterday, sitting on the settee uh, after the match. Uh, and I do want to give a big shout out to Chris, uh, who uh, I went to the match with yesterday. Um, he uh, His bladder couldn't take it uh, when we were waiting to go um, uh, back home. And that was because, um, you know, obviously he'd had copious amounts of drink after the game, free, uh, courtesy of Sunderland Football Club. So the only toilet was open was apparently in the VIP lounge. Uh, so then we started getting a succession of photos, uh, one which you might have seen on Nobby Solano's timeline. Uh, he also met Shola and over the wall, Ryan Taylor, uh, outside as he came out. So, uh, there you are, Chris. There's your moment of fame, mate. Uh, great stuff. <clears throat> I'm sure we'll have a few more of those photographs coming in from you guys over the weekend. If there's anybody uh, from a Sunderland persuasion watching the show tonight, um, you might have to get your uh, your, your, your mates um, or some of the people at the club to get these scarves down. Because this, you can just see there, uh, the scarves that were handed out, people started while they were waiting to get the buses started chucking the scarves over the top of the uh, stanchions. So you can see the scarf up there. And then there's another one at the back. Well, this happened uh, probably for about 25, 30 minutes after the game. So uh, quite a few scarves dangling. And a lot of stickers I've noticed now being placed all over the uh, the ground as well, which I think will take a while to get off. So, uh, yeah, well done, Newcastle fans. Uh, behaved yourself impeccably. Had a great day out, so a great win. And uh, thank you for those tweets of the week. Uh, we will be back with that again on Friday. OK, uh, half, uh, half an hour through the show, uh, John Elrington asked a question. I'll come to that in a minute. I just want to know, lads, uh, because I did get a, a message from Chippers uh, earlier on. And he just wanted to know... If you guys had heard anything with regards to Newcastle going to Saudi or anywhere for a training camp. Now, Eddie Howe was asked this in the uh, press conference. I would imagine Newcastle didn't organise it just in case they had a cup replay. He said he was hoping to do it sometime later in the season. But have you heard any murmurings or noises about another trip to the Middle East last no, week? Nothing. Not on my side at all. We that last week, didn't we? Instead of surprise, there you go, Chip. That's the answer to your question. Okay, we'll come to John's. Hi, guys. Do you think that Bruno will go to PSG? And is Isaac uh, going to become a good striker at Newcastle if he keeps on performing and scoring goals? Personally, Isaac's already a good striker. His strike rate's phenomenal at this moment in time. And if we can stop him from picking up these daft injuries, um, then he's going to be one hell of a player. He's, he's going to be up there, uh, you know, challenging Callum Wilson's record very, very shortly if he continues in the same vein and we can continue to bring in players to support him. I've got no doubt about that. As for Bruno going to PSG, um, paper talk is what I would call that. And I think Bruno has, in his, in his own imitable way, uh, especially with the comments he's posted after the Sunderland game, more or less told you he's not going anywhere. Uh, would you agree, Mitch? Totally. Um, I mean, we touched on this on Friday night. The, the, the so-called release clause isn't actually active till somewhere at 24 anyway. So um, he ain't going this window. And if he if he does, we'll take anybody's eyes out and come back for the sockets. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think that's how you go about building a successful team. You've got to build it around players. And Bruno and Isaac are two players you should be building the team around. That's part of your spine. Um, and as for Isaac, yes, he's already a quality striker. I think that... The, the finishing touch we've got to put on him 
is physicality and durability. I think if we, if we can make him a bit more durable and able to take the intensity so he doesn't pick these little niggly injuries up, we've, we've got to find a way to not let him follow Callum Wilson down that uh, pathway. Um, I think that other than that, um, yeah, you, you, you cannot, cannot fault what he's doing in a black and white shirt at all and he will just keep getting better. Your thoughts on uh, Bruno then, uh, Stu? I think Bruno's made his thoughts very, very clear. You see him, he's uh, thumping his chest and kissing the badge and he, he just loves playing for Newcastle. He loves the area. And I think if it was down to him, he's not going anywhere. Uh, if Bruno is to go, I think it'll be a club decision, not a Bruno decision. Uh, and he's he's so much bought into what it means playing for this club. And and it, and it just suits see the love that his father gets and stuff like that. And you know, he's 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 happy. And when you when you have a player who's happy, that's when they're playing well. And and just like he did yesterday, he, he dictated the game. Uh, and he, I thought he kept his temperament really well as well. So I, I don't see Bruno leaving. Um, it would, as Mitch said, there would have to be a stupid offer, probably a, a world record fee, to to even tempt them at, at this stage of the season. Uh, to tempt the club at this stage of the season, I think if they were off on 100 million now from, they would turn it down. So I, d I don't see him going anywhere. And quite right, you need the spine. The, as the song says, you've got him in the middle and Botman at the back, and he's acting attack. These are the sort of th uh, three that we can start building the team around. And over the next few windows, we'll be adding quality to it. So we're only going to go one way. I had a discussion today with, at work with uh, a Man United fan who's actually been to Old Trafford, which I found quite surprising, and a Tottenham fan. And they were saying, oh, you're getting all excited because you'd be a championship club. And I says, I'll tell you what, we'll win the league before either of your two teams. And they wouldn't bet this. Uh, I said that we would win the league before Tottenham did or before Man United did. And, oh, no, no, no. So, jog on, as they say. Regarding Isaac, I think he's already quality. Uh, I think he's, he's a superb, superb player. He's... Finishing is is excellent, isn't it? It's just unnerving, unnerving how he he knows where to put it, and he does it with a, a calmness and a coolness, doesn't he? So the the key with him is, as Mitch just mentioned, there is keeping him fit. And if we can keep him fit and rest him occasionally, play him 60, 70 minutes, and then give him a rest, play him ninety in the next game, he'll be twenty plus goals easily every season, easily. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's 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 got you know he's world class, um, Isaac, and um, you know we can build a team around him and Bruno, and um, you know and, and and continue in the same vein. You know, got no doubt that he'll be our front man for for many many years to come. He's uh, a class a class act. Okay, uh, next question. Um, Barry Hogan says Turkish teams are sniffing around Lascelles. Would you let him go? I wouldn't let him go now. Um, not at this moment. Um, I think there's a lot of business to be done in the summer. I think there's a lot about... Um, certainly Ryan Fraser's doing his best, isn't he, at the moment. I think his contract might be up. At the, at the, you know, you think he got another, he got another hat-trick, I think, yesterday um, in the FA Cup to go with his league hat-trick. But um, there's lots of players to go. Is, is LaSalle's one of them? I would say probably, like. I would, I, would, I would say he would be one of the ones who would go. But... Again, when you speak to Eddie Howe and you hear him at the press conferences, he's 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 keen to keep a hold of as many people as he can. So, what do you think? Is the sales in his plans for the short term future, Mitch? Short term, the short term, I think so. I think the, the, unless somebody 
is again, it's, it's it's all about what the deal is. If somebody's prepared to make a, a an offer that is economically viable and a, and a smart deal from an FFP perspective, then they've got to consider it. Um, you know that might then mean they've got to bring forward a a, a deal from the summer because I think we've 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 been bitten on the arse by leaving ourselves short in key positions with the injuries that we've had. And I don't think we want to go through that again. So I think if if the deal from an FFP perspective makes sense, then they may consider it. But personally, I think most of our business will be done at the end of the season. Okay. Thoughts, Stu? Yeah. Um, I think we will sign at least one player uh, in this window. And it's a player I've talked with for a couple of years and it's a long way around to get him, but Calvin Phillips. I think if you have him holding with Joe Linton to the left in front of him and Bruno to the right in front of him, that's quite a formidable midfield three uh, and a physical midfield three as well. Uh, they're all capable of using the ball well. So I think that will help us. It would also help Manchester City because we have to play all their rivals and we can't play him against them. And we're playing them this week anyway, so um, he can help us take points off off the bunches of um, Arsenal, of Tottenham, of Villa, of Liverpool, of all the teams challenging around at the top end of the table, and it'll help us climb the table. So, with that, I think we'll be, we'll spend a lot of money in the summer. I can see he's having a good clear out. There's a lot of players nearing the end of the contracts regarding Lascelles. I don't think you'll be going anywhere until at least the summer. I, th uh, I think the way they're looking at it is doing it in phases, having they've retained certain, certain players um, that they wanted to keep around the squad, like the Richies, the Sells, Dubbitz, etc. And even with Callum Wilson, uh, I, I think this will be his last season for Newcastle. The reason that they got one an extra contract is to score protecting your asset, isn't it? Uh, they can get rid of him. Uh, we can speculate about who we're bringing in, but if, as we're talking about the Sells, you start looking around where we're going to get value for money because it's quite clear we can't spend the money as, as certain teams can. You know, through financial fair play, it was brought in. They said it was to help the the clubs overspend. It was it's not as to protect the ones who can overspend. We all know that. So if we start looking at teams who are close to the threshold of losing points or getting a, like Evan already have, and apparently they're close again, where they might need to sell a player. I would look at the young superstar in defence. Is it Branthwaite, Jared Branthwaite? Uh, I, I think we should go for him in the summer. That's that would be a replacement for ourselves. It would be cover for Shaw and even eventually replacing Shaw. You'd have two very good centre halves with him and Botman next to each other. So I, I don't think Lascelles will be going anywhere until at least the summer. And, and wherever he goes, it'll be with my best wishes because I, I think he's been a fabulous servant to the club. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, you know, through you know, through thick and thin, he's been there and uh, certainly got the respect of anyhow over the course of the last uh, few months. You know, the way that he's come in and performed. Uh, Brantwaite says, Dave is the Carlisle lad. Top performance away from home kept the phones, uh, their fans quiet by keeping the ball and running rings around them in midfield. You're right, Richie, 100%. Uh, Jonathan asked a question earlier. He says, question for all three of you lads. Do you think the club will back Eddie this month and get him in the players he needs to have a real go the rest of the season? Uh, Tom asks, who do you think our first sign in the transfer window will be? Um, I've got to be honest, I think that 
they will do what they need to do. But I think the summer will be more of a, a spend. Um, when you look at the previous transfer windows in January, of course, we had the big one when Eddie Howe came in uh, and Newcastle were in, in, in the perilous position of, of getting relegated. Um, you know, they, they, they signed some big, big players and they did very, very well with those players. Um, last transfer window, of course, Anthony Gordon. We saw the we saw it well documented on the uh, the Amazon documentary um, about you know how Amanda and me and Dad and, and the club weren't going to be held to ransom over the price. They got a they got a bargain there, really, in my eyes, especially the way he played yesterday. Uh, but they they don't go big in January, and not many not many teams do. So the question is, do you think they'll back? Do you think they'll back him? I think they'll back him to the point of. You know, he he has come out in the press conference and said, when I get my players back, we've got a good enough squad. So he will tell them what he needs and I think he will get what he needs. And I've got to agree with Stu. I think Phillips will come. He didn't, he wasn't in the squad today. Um, I think that deal will be done before we play them next week. Uh, I think the only question is, and this again, that's my it's, it's my gut feeling that it's not inside information. I genuinely feel that um, it, the only question that needs to be asked is, is he going to be allowed to play against Manchester City next week? Um, and that's, you know, that's a million dollar question. Do they allow a player going uh, to, you know, to Newcastle who they've got a big game against next week and allow them to play? I would say not. I think he probably won't be allowed to play next week. It's only one game, um, but uh, we will wait and see. Maybe the deal won't be done until after the game. Maybe the deal will be done on the day of the game, but we'll, but we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think he will be back. So Tom... The answer to your question is, I think it'll be Calvin Phillips. He'll be the first one uh, through the door. Do I think there'll be anybody else? Yes, I've got a feeling they will have other irons in the fire, but they won't get held to ransom and it'll be whether they can get them in, um, you know, whether they can get a player in, another player in, um, you know, for, for a decent price. And, and of course, they've got to decide whether that they can't just buy somebody for the short term. If they're going to buy somebody, they have to be good enough to take somebody else out of the team um, and replace that person. It's as simple as that. So is there anybody available at the moment? And is financial fair play going to allow Newcastle to do something like that? You know, lots of questions. But yeah, they will back Eddie. They will back Eddie, 100%. And I think the competence from yesterday will, will, will give us a boost for next weekend. The smile on the lads' faces and the way they reacted to that result yesterday, I think... I think that will change the mental attitude because I think half of the problem we've had in the last three weeks has been the mental attitude, you know, coping with the defeats. Now they've gone away to the, you know, the northeast rivals and and embarrassed them on their own pitch, kept a clean sheet and scored three goals. That's going to be a real buzz in, in you know, in a week off now to build up the next week. That's going to be a real buzz for Newcastle. Uh, transfer window then, it's, it's wide open. Mitch, who's going to be the first one through and uh, is Eddie going to get backed by the, the club? I think it's difficult to disagree with the way you've summed it up there. I'm in agreement yep. about who I think the first person through the door is. Um, I think they'll. I, I think they'll not go mad in this window. I think anything will be strategic. May involve bringing forward somebody potentially from the summer window. Um, but equally, you've got to remember they've also made a a, 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 um, a lot of noise um, about the players to return from injury. And so, where that all goes from an FFP perspective is interesting. Do are we able to shift some more of the the I hate to call them deadwood, but you know um, players who could be sacrificed to ease wages bills and things like that? Um, or again, is that really only going to happen until the summer? 
Um, Eddie doesn't seem too keen to move so many people on. The people who I think he wanted moved on have pretty much have been moved on as it is. So, difficult to say. Um, I don't think this window will be, whether if they don't go big, which I'm not expecting them to do, uh, for me, don't read that as a measure that Eddie isn't being backed. I think this is something that will be done strategically um, with everybody's input into it and then take it from there. Okay, Stu. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't take Bellingham and I would agree with Stu's shake of the head. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he is going to get backed in, and you've already said it. You expect Phillips to be the first one through. Yeah, I think Phillips will be. And what we have to remember is I think if this season probably gives as much credence to what we've been saying on our day, we can beat anyone. We've done it. All bar and Liverpool will be all the top teams that we've come up against. The the other thing that's shown over the last six weeks or so shows that the, the depth of the squad is still not there. Uh, and that's what we need to be doing now. We need to be filling in at the top and pushing the lower rank down. But I just wrote down five names there. Uh, and these five people, if they never kick a ball for the club again, only one of them, you would say, yeah, that's a shame, but we've got a better replacement already. Uh, it's Hayden, Fraser, Kraft, Ritchie and Hendrick. Those five players are earning over 300 grand a week at our club. What was your list again? Say that again. Aiden, Fraser, Kraft, yeah. Ritchie and Hendrick. They're getting paid over 300 grand a week between them from okay. Newcastle. So the one that you think, oh, well, Kraft could be a squad player. We've got Livermento. He's, he's the cover for Trippier, isn't he? So that, that's, if you got rid of those, there's 300 grand a week. That could go to salaries for 250 grand players. Uh, and that's the direction we need to be going in in the summer. We need to bring in top quality in. And I've made it quite clear. I think we need to upgrade on the front right position. And someone like Rafinha, who's not happy yet to Barcelona, I think he could be an ideal. He's used to the Premier League. He played at Leeds there. I think he would be a great addition to the way that our style of play. Uh, and I think he's quite keen to come back as well. So that's that's somewhere I would look at. And you've got Calvin Phillips in there. We'll get a centre-half, as I mentioned. I would take that uh, Branthwaite from Everton. Um, the, I think if we give the same money as what we give for Anthony Gordon, then we, we might even get him. So from not even spending, what would you get Branthwaite for? Yeah, less than, a, let's say, 120 to 150 million, you get those three players and they're all, all an upgrade what we've got. And the, the wages wouldn't be much different to what, they, what we're paying out already. And there's people coming at the end of the contracts, uh, you know, this it's this time now where the, the squad now needs a revamp. They've had the hold the hand stage from we've got a team like a championship squad who managed to stay up. Then we've added quality with the, the Brudos and Isaacs and Botmans, etc. Uh, Trippier, obviously. We now need to add like Tenali style signings, that sort of category, that sort of pricing, that sort of quality. Uh, and that's that's where we're going. And and I think we will in the summer we'll, we'll spend big on at least three players. Remember that we've got more sponsorship money to come as well. The 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 clearly holding back if if ever if everyone is doing their job right, they're clearly holding back sponsorships just in case financial fair players start getting a closer look and they say, oh by the way, did we not mention this one? And, and in comes another sponsor deal that will give us millions. So I'm very positive about the the future of our club. 
And I felt even more so speaking that money night in Tottenham fan day and putting them back in their box because they, they keep thinking the bigger clubs than us and, of course, Manchester United globally are. But where we're going over the next five years, ten years to where they're going, we'll be above both of them for a very, very long time. And they wouldn't take the bet, as I said. Offer them anything from £1 to £1,000, I'll bet you that we'll win the league before you. And none of them would take it. So we will spend when we need to spend. And I'm with Mitch when he's saying, Eddie Howe's mentioned it too many times. Look, I've got players coming back. Now, that could be a cover. That could be, look, we're not going to spend much. So when they do put a bid in, it's, look, this is all we've got. But I'm sure I'm not the only one out there who's sick of this crying wolf about how poor we are and how we don't have money to spend. We've got a load of money to spend if we want it. But at the same time, they're not going to throw it around like confetti. It has to be the right fit for the team. And that's where someone like Calvin Phillips would fit straight into this team. And, and he'd be fit enough if he's, if he's training with Man City. But I, I think he would be an ideal acquisition so far. And if we get someone else in, whether it be a, a cover up front or a, a cover in defence, then great. But we'll have people like Bonds coming back. Murphy will be back. You know, all these people can play in the four positions. So it's not as desperate as it looks. If we can get through the next couple of games, February will look a lot better squad-wise and in-depth in as well. So bring in Philip and then we'll see what happens after that. OK, uh, I often say this on a Friday, uh, but uh, we've got 500 people watching. We never take your support for granted. Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have a quick ad break so you can go off uh, and um, the lads can go off and powder their nose and uh, wash their hair uh, whilst you sit and watch the ads and write all the numbers down and go and buy the products. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102, go to their website uk. Or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670-632-460 or mobiles 0791. Triple six four one seven four oh seven nine five seven one four one six five four. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. 
or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at thetooneuk.com. We've also got an event coming up next year. It's in January the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's an evening with Nobby Solano. Tickets are available on Woucher for £20. Don't forget Supermac and Gibbo do every pre-match at Louis Liquor Store. It's free entry, children welcome, and there is great food by Fed's Fried Chicken. They're usually on pre-match and sometimes post-match at Louis Liquor Store. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we are doing an extra 30, 30 minutes tonight, so we'll be finished at half seven. Uh, David was asking what you do was like over there. We did touch on it at the start of the show. We had, you had a good turnout, didn't you, mate? Over 200. Over 200, yeah. Just over 200. 202 was the last head count, apparently. And honestly, uh, really good turnout, really good day. Everybody in great spirits, and of course, even higher spirits after the match. It was fabulous. Um, I stuck a few videos on the NUFC Dubai Twitter account. So if anybody wants to have a look, I, I managed to get the the, the, the three rooms in because it, it was just the little things like that that went out the way at the hotel to do for you, you know. Really thought everything through. You could tell the hosted football crowds before. Um, the girls worked their tails off. They were really, really, really non-stop and we made sure a glass went around for, to help that tip side of things. Uh, at the end of the day as well this you know they really did look after her exceptionally well and uh, that all helps with the atmosphere when you've got a, a, a bar that's used to a football crowd that's used to um banter used to wanting flags and stuff put up everywhere um used to knowing that you know get get them served quick and keep it keep it coming that kind of thing and they did everything absolutely couldn't fault them Really couldn't phone. It's a shame that they've got shame that they got Rangers in every for all of their game because uh, we're possibly looking for a new venue for next season, and uh, they ex did so well yesterday. I would be very happy going back there. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, that's what you like to hear. I want to say a very uh, happy birthday uh, to Super Mac. Uh, today, um, Malcolm, um, of course, does the show on a Thursday. So, a big shout out to Malcolm. I hope you had a, a great day today. Now, I often forget to do stuff on this show, I do have a lot going on, and sometimes I forget to do stuff. But, um, I did promise the lads New Year I wouldn't forget to have a regular feature on here. Uh, don't worry, it's not Mike Tyson's football shirts, but I could always make a return. Uh, it's this one. <laughs>
Yep, my first tune match. If you want to send in uh, a, a, a recurrence of um, your, your first a recollection, sorry, of your first tune match, uh, send it to me uh, on Twitter or stick it on our Facebook group. Uh, just search NUFC Matters. You can stick it on there. Uh, thanks to Colin for this one. Uh, Ollie Burton took me to my first game. He picked me up at my house and his new Morris 1100. I met the whole team along with Joe Harvey. We beat Ipswich 2-1. Win got both goals. And then he dropped me back home after the game. My aunt was his neighbour and organised it. Wow. What a, way, what a way to see Newcastle United uh, for the first time, mate. Thanks for sending that in. If you've got a story, um, whether it's as, 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 um, as great as that, who knows? But send us one in uh, and we will read them out on the show. Uh, okay. Um, getting back I haven't, to met, I haven't met Ollie Burton. The guy's a real gentleman. What a All right, okay. He is. Uh, I meant, went, went down to Norwich with the Fairs Club. When they were visiting the, the players regularly and uh, when i was still back in in the uk um and he welcomed with with open arms and what an absolute absolutely lovely gentleman he was fantastic mark says what's the actual ex, uh, ex account name for the dubai match that's a good question i think it's nufc underscore fans underscore dubai but i'll double check Okay, uh, we are doing um, a, a new feature on the channel as well. We're going to be getting on uh, people who look um, after and who set up uh, football uh, groups, uh, fans groups uh, out of the country. Um, so if you've got one and you want to promote it, give us a shout. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing uh, the Munich Mags uh, on the first one. But uh, anyone wants to come on and uh, tell us where they're based and a little bit of history about your uh, supporters group, do that. Um, and we'll give you a little bit of a plug to try and pull more Newcastle fans in for you. Uh, just as I say, give us a shout at, at Steve Wraith on Twitter or drop us a message on the Facebook group on Facebook. Um, we did have a couple of other questions. Derek Sharp said, do you think UEFA and FIFA will abolish financial fair play in the next few years? And Little FB says, could a fan-led challenge be brought against the Premier League over FFP? Yeah, I mean, we, we've said on here that we think FFP will go eventually. Um, but it's it's a question it's a question of when, not if. I think, especially with all the outstanding, you know, cases that uh, are, you know, that are still in the wings and are getting kicked down the kicked down the road, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a difficult one because um, we've been through the age of Bosman, something that we many people said wouldn't happen when it was challenged, and it, and it was challenged and challenged very successfully and changed the nature of transfers in the game forever. So could a challenge to FFP work? Well, if it's deemed to be not being applied properly and being an unfair thing, then yes, it could be challenged. Um, let's be frank, the way FFP has been used in the UK is to allow those who have to get into the loft and pull up the ladder and shut the hatch. That that's the intention of FFP, and if anybody's got any doubt about that, look at some of the rule changes brought in retrospectively after we suddenly became a have. Um, and that was all designed to stifle us catching up and, and you know, changing where we sat. Um, in the wider picture, UEFA's FFP, if something like European Super League is seen as a challenge a real challenge to UEFA. One of the levers they could pull to persuade teams to stick with UEFA would be to say, right, let's drop FFP. 
I personally think FFP will drop one way or another, be from a challenger beat because somebody um, effectively comes up with a live golf situation in football. Um, I don't think, because of the way they badly handled it the last time, I don't think Barcelona and, and Real Madrid's A22 company to run a Super League will ever take off because they made such a balls of it. The website still looks like it was designed by a 12-year-old for a school project. You know, the, 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 the comms are poor at best. And I think uh, they're not really seen as a credible thing at the moment. Um, but legal challenges within sport do tend to make big changes. Um, I personally think it will go because people will start to intentionally blow the lid off it. Let's see what happens with Chelsea, for example. Um, was FFP ever designed to to dock Everton points in the situation they were in? Not really. Um, Everton was stupid and arrogant, if you ask me. Um, that was their crime, stupidity and arrogance. On the back of losing, on, on, on the back of you losing Usmanov's money, um, and then they had to scramble to try and find a way to make the book suddenly work. Um, was it ever designed to put pressure on Nottingham Forest? Well, is their owner not allowed to have a bit of ambition? You know, are those fans not allowed to have a little bit of ambition? Gosh, they're former European Cup holders, for God's sakes. Um, why shouldn't they be allowed a free run to spend what they want to try and get back to the Premier League and try and get back into European competition? Why should anybody be restricted like that in what's supposed to be an open market? I get the argument against it. It's why I think a salary cap would never work. And uh, the, whole, the, the whole ways that these things are measured by, um, I think, will... will will come to an end eventually one reason or another um you know it, 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 it it's super frustrating because the way they are at the minute it does feel personal against us and some of the moves in the english game are definitely being against us um just to stifle with but that stifle they can't keep it back forever um but i think we do it will come under pressure from many different sides in the next few years. Thoughts, you FFP? Are we with? Is it going to be with us for the long term? You're on mute, mate. That's better, right? It's going to have to change at, at some stage because, as Mitch just said, there you've got Chelsea. They're up against the. The, the, the wall now. Uh, Man United are close to it. As we know about Man City, they're already under investigation. So when it starts affecting those at the top, they'll tweak it. But then they, if they have to tweak it to suit themselves, it'll certainly suit us as well. Uh, and the the one thing we have to be careful of is because it's us that's owned by the PIF, that we can't think everything's against us. You know, the, the idea behind it was to stop clubs going out of business but at the same time when you talk about businesses what other industry can you buy a business and you're not allowed to spend your money on it to make your business better and to make it worth more than what it was you paid for it that's that's what business is 
So I, I think that it will change. Uh, will it collapse entirely? But for the financial fair players, we know it with the silly rules that they keep adding in. And there's, there's always a lawyer or an accountant that will find a way around it if, if they're worth their salt. But I, I think they'll, they'll change it to a point where it looks like it's been done for the greater good uh, and it's not done as a loss uh, because it was a fanfare, wasn't it? It was brought in. We know why it was brought in, not, what, not the reasons they give. We know the reasons why it was. It was to protect those at the top. But now you have teams like ourselves, teams like Villa, who are capable of spending more money and they find it restrictive uh, and, and we still get crashing the party at the top. So if, if Chelsea are going to get hammered by it, Man City get caught out by it and Man United can't go and waste another 80 million on an Anthony, we need them to have uh, get rid of financial fair play so they can just keep spunking their money the way they do. Uh, and we'll spend ours the way that we do it. But... Long term, uh, I'd say in five years' time, there'll be no such thing as financial fair play, but it'll be under another guise. But I think it'll have to be fairer because of the reasons you give about the European Super League as well. UEFA need to keep everyone on side as much as they can. And Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus can just play a tournament of three between them. Because without the, without the Premier League teams going in, there isn't a European Super League and they know it. Okay, uh, got twenty minutes left, lads. Let's let's go back to the game. Uh, we started with the game. We'll finish with the uh, the Sunderland game. Um, who was your man of the match yesterday, Mitch? Um, I've got to be honest. For me, I, I thought Miggy Miggy was outstanding yesterday. Um, again, um, it was just the the endeavour and the running, the athleticism for me. Uh, but I think Anthony Gordon probably probably stole his thunder slightly. I thought Anthony Gordon was was certainly back to his best. Um, I love that clip that the club released earlier today as well, where um, he was asked about, he was told that the, the FA Cup draw had brought Sunderland out the hat. And he went, uh, Sunderland, eh? I, I, you know, I've always wanted to play in that game. And and he, he, he took his he took his opportunity with both hands uh, yesterday. I thought, he, for me, he was my favourite. I mean, Bruno is, 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 is a 7 out of 10 uh, to 9 out of 10 every game. Um, but, Anthony Gordon had slipped a little bit in the last couple of weeks through tiredness, I think, and potentially carrying an injury. But I thought he was superb yesterday. It's easy to give it to Isaac. He scored the penalty. His goal was great. Miggy set the goal up, of course. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give mine to Anthony Gordon. Yeah, Gordon for me as well. Every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. Every time he got the ball, he had their defenders backing up and backing up and backing up. Um, the so-called... Uh, um, big hitting right back never got anywhere near him. Couldn't lay a glove on him uh, until he actually got hold of his hurt shirt and ripped it. You know, and and I think uh, all the moves of real cutting edge quality came down that left hand side. And so Gordon for me. Same question to you, Stu. Uh, there was a few contenders. Uh, I, I think Gordon with his if you, if you look the, to the previous occupant of the number 10 shirt, what Gordon did well yesterday, which he hasn't done in the last few weeks, he would go and not just cut inside all the time, he was hitting the byline and he was using his pace, which t which tells me that he's that extra couple of days rest that we talked about before. It, it's done him the power of good. Uh, and he knew he had the beat in the defender, but how many times did he go down the line instead of just cutting in? And, and that made a big, big difference to us. It opened the pitch up and allowed people like Isaac to, to roam around. 
Uh, but for me, my man, the match was under the circumstances and who's been through a lot of personal trauma in the last few weeks. I'd give it to Kieran Trippier. He was getting dog's abuse off their crowd uh, and he stood up and he led by example. He was the captain on the day and he, he literally rolled his sleeves up and says, bring it on to whatever you want. Uh, even he put the ball outside of the quadrant for the corner just to wind the fans up when they start giving the, the bird and that. He just pointed, I shouldn't say a bird, something should have get all the seagulls <laughs> flopping about but there he pointed out the score on the on the, on the scoreboard there uh, i thought he handled himself brilliantly and and he was back to his best and it was funny when he had made a few errors everyone's saying he should be out the team he needs a rest and then when he wasn't picked against liverpool why is he not playing like you know so, <laughs> <laughs> do you want him in or out but he, he came back in there was i think i don't think there was any doubt that he was gonna miss yesterday like there was no doubt in his mind that he was playing that game and and, and I thought I thought he led us superbly. Uh, so yeah there was five or six that you could quite comfortably give it to and and no one be too disappointed. But for me it was Kieran Trippier for those reasons. Yeah, great stuff. Um the, the much publicized team photograph as well. Um you know we watched that uh take place um in front of a a packed OEN six thousand of us down there. And um it was Tyndall, of course, who uh, got Serena to get the uh, the players uh, to face her and uh, that wonderful photograph. Now, two things about that. First of all, Tyndall is is you know certainly very good at game management. Um, Shithousery, as I think it's become affectionately known. Um, that is probably the ultimate. Um, you know, in photographs about for, for winning the photographs. Um, Isaac, of course, commented after the game how you know it shows how important that game was. The second thing about it is the scarves. Obviously, I touched on the scarves being handed out, you know, pre-match as we were all getting on the buses. And uh, that's got that's got uh that that really reminded me. And of course, the other angle, there's another angle of it as well, um, which I'll dig out. Um, there it is. Uh, that reminds me of that photo from the 70s, back at back at um when Newcastle won the semi-final and Malcolm of Hillsborough. That that reminds me so much of that that the photographs from that game. And I think that's something we should encourage. I think that looks great. I, you know, that really, really does look fantastic. Uh, that you know, the, the the scarf's been held up. It's such a such a powerful photograph. But um, but yeah, Mitch, the photograph, a great a great idea, and uh, one one which really um will will go down in history, go down in the club's history. No, absolutely, and I've seen some of their fans whinging about respect on social media. Yeah, like what your new manager slid halfway across the pitch on his knees at our place. Come on, it's a derby game, man. You're going to enjoy it every way you can. I think because of the like to do a post-match picture, what a better way to do it than on the pitch with all of our fans being held in the ground for a time after the game. Um, you're right about the, the power of something as simple as just holding scarves. It doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, it doesn't always have to be fancy displays and flags. That in itself speaks volumes. These are our colours. This is us here. You know, it, it is one of those photos which will go down. You know, there's a number of photos from time we had derbies I can think of over the years, and that'll get those two two pictures. I'll go into those that sort of collection of the best pictures from Newcastle Sunderland games um, because they really are powerful pictures. You're right. Um, and it's usually it, it's it's all in the simplicity for me. Um, it doesn't have to be 
spelling out the word. It's just us stood there showing my colours. Yeah, great, great idea, wasn't it, by Tyndall? Spon spontaneous. It certainly wasn't pre-planned, but a spontaneous photograph, uh, uh, Stu, and a, a strong, strong image. Yeah, but it shows exactly what we are, United. Uh, and to me, with it being black and white, that's our colours. It shows a defiance. And, and that picture is, is so, so powerful. I, I hope the club do print it off because I'd get that frame and stick on the wall here. Like, I, I think it's an amazing picture. Uh, and you, you just think we went to their home. They, they won at our place a couple of times, 3 0. And they never looked like 3 0 games. Yes, they won the games, but they didn't dominate and dictate like we did. Uh, and that photograph was. Probably a thank you to the fans. It was the fans who stuck by the team to say, well, you know, we're going to get this photo, we want you in it. Uh, and, and it was a great PR by uh, Jason Tyndall. Uh, and I really do hope that they, they, they put the photograph on general sale uh, because I'm sure it was selling its thousands. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Just um, looking at our neighbours, looking at Sunderland, I've noticed a comment uh, in the uh, the chat uh, from David McLeod. Uh, good evening. He says, their manager spoke well after the game. I thought he did. Um, I, I really do. Um, you know, he, he was very, you know, he's very pragmatic. I think he was very honest. And, you know, he accepted the difference between Newcastle and Sunderland. Um, you know, it, it was there for all to see. And he, he didn't sugarcoat it and said that they'll have learned a hell of a lot from us. And um, I thought I thought he put his, I thought he came across well. Um, the question isn't about Beal, though. It's about, it's about Sunderland. I mean, you know... And maybe the championship in general, you know, Sunderland are in sixth place in the championship, yet they looked as if they were a couple of divisions lower, Mitch, yesterday. There's a huge gap now, isn't there, between the Premier League and the, the championship. And um, if Sunderland were lucky enough to come up this season in the playoffs, I've tipped them for playoff success this year. I did at the start of the season on the North East Football Show, uh, the breakfast show. Um, I... I I just don't see how they can survive. And I think when you look at the bottom three in the Premier League at the moment, it's the top three that came up last season. I think you could be in for the yeah. same again. Even if you take into account our recent results against two of those teams, um, the football seems to be now dividing into there's almost three tiers in the Premier League. And then in the Championship, there's two tiers. There's the top four and everybody else. And the top four of the championship interchange with some of the bottom six of the premiership every year, and it seems to happen now regularly, more regularly than ever. I think that's why they're reassessing parachute payments and things like that. But I think it's 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 a big end in that. The, the, the gulf's become so wide that coming up into the Premier League is such a huge step. And they've had a re, you know wake-up call. So I'm still convinced some of the sensible ones amongst their lot. Some of the words they were coming out with in the week run up to the derby was all about, oh well, you know, it's a free hit and this, that and you're there. Because deep down inside they know what the golfing class is. I don't think there's a huge golfing class from League One to the Championship now. Where they used to be. I think that that Everybody below the top four of the championship blends into the top half of League One very, very nicely. Um, and you could take two or three teams from either and mix them up, and I don't think you'd notice the difference. 
it's it's the changing face of football. Yes, finances are ultimately one hundred percent behind it. What would motivate Sunderland to do some of the really ridiculous things in the run up to the uh, game, including the Black Cat Bar fiasco? There's only one thing that would do that. Thank you very much, Mr. Penn. Money. And Steve Hasty and I were telling people two, three years ago, even before their takeover went through, what what kind of financial peril they were in. All their takeover has done is is take the the weak the weak peril away. The numbers still the numbers still still don't make much sense. The numbers, um, you know, I, I think people making the decisions that they've made and cocking up the way they have haven't just cost them face; they've cost them cash. My understanding is the money that was paid for the decorate to allow us to decorate the bar has had to be returned. And so there's another little hole in the finances to go with a free beer and a free cider that were given away after the game. Um, but that also shows the measure of the club. Um, and I think uh, that gulf in, in, between Premier League to Championship is much wider for the team that ends up coming through the playoffs if it's one of the ones... If it's a playoff situation where you get someone who goes on a great run of form at the end of the season, sneaks into the playoffs and then gets up through the playoffs instead of the fourth place team, it's a chasm for that team. And that's the scenario I think Sunderland will be looking at if they come through the playoffs. They've got across a chasm. Yes, FFP and the money that they'd make on the game for the uh, winning the playoffs would allow them to spend a little bit. But their blueprint is very much not about spending. Their, their blueprint's very much about development, player development, taking players on loan who they can develop um, and get the benefit of as they're developing while they're in that division. Um, I think this is the, the 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 challenge that they will face going forward. And um, that golfing class was very much in evidence from minute one onwards in that game yesterday and that's not me being arrogant that's just using my eyes yeah it's a huge gap isn't it Stu yeah you mentioned Steve that the three teams that got promoted last year are the ones at the bottom this year yes in the Premier League yeah if you look at the three teams that went down they're three of the top four places in the championship so it's the parachute payments they've got the money and it all comes around to the same things the more you've got the, if you manage correctly and you do it right, you'll sustain success. And then you've got West Brom, who have been a yo-yo team. There, there, then, then, then you've got Sunderland. And then I'm looking at the table now. You get a gap from Leeds to seven place total, nine points. And that, that gap's only going to get bigger as the season goes on because they've got a fitter squad, bigger squad, better, better players. Uh, and... I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same three teams that went down, come back up. Uh, and it's it's not often that happens, but it's it's happening more often. It's normally one or two of them, but I think all three will this time. Uh, and Southampton, if you remember, start the season really bad, as did Leeds. And same as what we did in the Rafa season. We lost our first two games. Then you get the hang of it. And then, what they say, classes, uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. And I don't think Sunderland 
I mean, it would be nice if they did get promoted because they'd give them a chance to break their own lowest points record. But, and joking aside, they probably would. They're, they're not ready for it. People said that we weren't ready for the prayer for the Champions League. But we had a squad if they're capable of competing with the Champions League if everyone was fit. And we should have been into the next round uh, had it not been for some dodgy decisions against us. Uh, but still in the Premier League over a full season, 38 games. Uh, you know, you'd be, they'd be lucky if they got into double figures for points. Uh, and yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> so, but I don't think we'll have to worry. I can't see them getting promoted because the two places will go to Leicester plus A and other. And then it'll be a, a battle. Uh, with, uh, with whether whether that be Southampton or Leeds, um, the, the the two good, the the two good for the over a over a period over a long period, the two good for them. Uh, so the Sunderland won't be coming up uh, not for a while, and until they get ownership that's willing to put money in or capable of putting money in, they'll they'll loiter around and flirt with the playoffs forever and then flirt with relegation one season and then sack your manager and they'll just be yo-yo within that division if they don't get relegated. There's more chance of them getting relegated than there is getting promoted out of that league. Uh, mind, Warwick's just mentioned six fifty a pound, three seventy for a bovril. I've got to be honest, Warwick, like it was great after the match when we got kept in though and it was all for free. Uh, so uh, it probably all balanced out to those people who were in the lower tier. I don't know whether it was the same in the upper tier. I but, don't uh, think that's your real name, Steve, by the way. I don't think so, and it's probably why I didn't uh, why I didn't say the full name. Warwick has been in the chat before, uh, but um, he's uh, uh, Mister Mister uh, Ice Ice Swallow hasn't been on here tonight. Like uh, he's probably reveling in the fact that Liverpool have just got through to the next round of the cup. In fact, he was probably at the match. Uh, and our resident Villa fan, a, a big shout out to you as well. Uh, I didn't notice you were in the chat, Andy. Uh, hope uh, you've had a good weekend. And uh, the good news for us is that we don't have to play Aston Villa. Um, now until later in the season because both of us have got through into the next round of the cup which means that our game against Villa in the Premier League will be postponed for the next round of the FA Cup which means we've got plenty of chance to get our players back and give you a good tonk and Andy which is uh, what we want to do uh, yes and no Eric Chip as you're right Eric's not on the night <laughs> that's another great name isn't it um, Anton says we'll finish with this because Anton's uh, been in the chat on uh, many occasions hope you're doing well Anton would you lads like to see Sunderland in the Premier League for a derby clash and bragging rights the answer is yes for me, Anton. Um, I've always said I'd love to see them promoted and, and, and up there, um, you know, so that we could take six points off them. Um, but yeah, look, the atmosphere yesterday, it is it is for us the biggest derby. I know you probably always think Liverpool, Everton or Manchester United, Man City or Villa Birmingham or Celtic Rangers. You know, you can you can reel them all off. But from our perspective, it is the biggest. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's got a lot of... Look, name another derby that has... Uh, Northumbria police recruiting people in policing from all over the country to do a bubble bus game and take us 11 miles down the road in a convoy. Um, that tells you what it's like. Um, that doesn't happen at any other game. So it, it is big and it is, it, it is, you know, a lot of there's bitterness between some of the supporters, but most of us are good natured. There's a minority that, that mean that they have to do that, but um, yeah. I'd love to see them back um, in the Premier League. Um, it might only be for one season on what we saw yesterday, but I'd love to see them come back up 100%. Mitch? As part of me, we'll be quite happy to see them finish second in the Premier League as long as we finish first. Um, 
there's no doubt the region benefits, the, the regional influence of both football teams over their respective area of influence is palpable. When the teams are doing well, the region tends to be doing well. And there's a lot of benefits that we're starting to pick up from that. And there'll be more besides. Uh, I'm quite sure our friends on the SA could do with a little bit of a boost themselves. Um, but there's also part of me says, stay down there, go down even further, and I hope I never see you again. Because Derby days, um, this week was the most relaxed I've ever been, ever been going into a Derby, and I've got absolutely no idea why. Other than the fact that this monumental sort of mess up they made through the week with a black cap bar and the amount of times they've, they've, they've fumbled the ball and running their biggest game for ages um, reminded me what we were facing and that off the pitch they're just as much as a shambles as they were on the pitch and so you know I, I, I quite like that being a status quo that long may it rain but I also do know, like I say, the benefit of having both teams strong benefits the entire region. There's no doubt about that. In more ways than just football. Um, yeah, I'm sort of torn between the two answers, really. Um, if, I could, if I could guarantee it was like this weekend every time, yeah, come on up, join the party. Uh, um, I think it will be a long time before they compete against us. Stu? Yes, I think I would like their man in the top flight. I think the, the bigger clubs and some of the clubs that are in there, but the other clubs are better run and they're in there on merit. So there's an argument for and against. And similar to Mitch, I don't, I don't care where they come as long as it blows. And it's, it's going to be at least a generation before they finish above us. Uh, and that's that's a statement and a half, but I, I cannot see someone finish above Newcastle any time in the next 20, 30 years. Uh, the, the gap's just getting wider. So there's your three words, mind the gap, if you, for your what three words. And the, it is, it's, the gaps are going to become a chasm. So, but if they were fortunate enough to get in the playoffs, welcome, in, welcome aboard. But as I said earlier, Steve, they'll just embarrass themselves. They're, they're not ready for it. Uh, and they're not capable of sustaining a, a challenge to stay in the Premier League. So, for the sake of their fans, they're probably better off where they are and winning more games than they're losing. Whereas, it can't be, well, we've just went through a, a rough patch, haven't we, where we've lost week after week after week. And it's not nice, but we knew that it, it was a blip. And using the phrase I said before, that uh, forms temporary classes permanent, we knew that would turn it around. Uh, and we will get a lot more wins and we will claim the league. We won't finish ninth or below where we are now, we will only go higher as the season progresses. So, yeah, we can always say six easy points, but it'll be six easy points for most teams to play. So, if they've got... If, oh, them in Middlesbrough, to me, or, and there's clubs like Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds, to me, these should be in the Premier League. Uh, but then, who do you take out? Are they, are they bigger than Bournemouth and Brighton? Yeah, they are. Are they better run? Obviously not. So this is what's great about football when it's, when it's done fairly, but that takes us back to the financial fair play debate, doesn't it? Uh, so to summarise, yes, get them up there because they are becoming an irrelevance to us. And it'd be nice if we have to play them in the cup every seven or eight years and just remind them of their place. Because now in the derbies, we're ahead. 
on the head-to-heads, Newcastle are now in front, and it'll be a long time before they can get back in front of us. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. Uh, we'll finish with a couple of pictures that have been sent. There's the uh, the fans coming back from Sunderland <laughs> last night, uh, which is uh, doing the rounds, and uh, an alternative view of the flag display, which I think probably sums up uh, their, their team's performance yesterday. But uh, I am back tomorrow night uh, with the fans forum at six o'clock. Of course, the FA Cup draw takes place tomorrow as well. And uh, it's 750 uh, that it takes place. So I might put it slightly later. We might do 90 minutes tomorrow. I think the lads will all have plenty to say about the Sunderland game as well. Uh, so uh, we will see if we can squeeze the FA Cup draw in live tomorrow night on the show. But uh, Great to have everyone uh, tuning in. Thanks again. We don't take you for granted. And uh, big thanks, as always, to Stu and Mitch for another professional display. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday for Jordy's here. Jordy's there. But and then, until then, take care, lads. See you soon. Good night. Cheers.